What is up, everybody? My name is Michael Ponerero, aka Sonic's number one fan, aka no, actually, it's just Sonic's number one fan. But this is the Bros and Consoles podcast, coming to you each and every week, most of the time, bringing you that delicious video game news and also delicious video game updates on new games, new releases, reviews, anything your video game heart desires. Now, as you already know, unless you're listening in to the first time today or when this recording goes up, um, my co-partner or partner in crime, Nathan Choquette, um, we are not together. We are a couple hundred miles apart right now. And it's been that way for the past two months, almost three now. Um, so me and him are recording separately. But in the next coming weeks, we will be back together for a re- our reunion episode, which um, I think will be s- actually maybe next week's now that I think about it. But yeah, we'll be back together. No more single person um, recordings. Um, and it'll be back to the way it used to be from like episode one to 20 something. But yeah, that's a little information for you on if you're just tuning into this podcast now. Um, but yeah, I think we're just going to jump right in to episode 34 of the Bros and Consoles podcast. episode 34 it's crazy to think that we've done 34 episodes so far but yeah wow that's really hitting me right now anyway (laughs) for this week's episode i have four stories for you um i think that was one more than i did last time i recorded um i believe nathan did five or I think Nathan had five last episode but anyway um before we jump into the articles and stuff I am going to talk about what I've been playing this week and this week I've only been playing two um and if you remember from last time the game that I was playing the only game that I was playing was Mario Maker 2 and that's more of the same this week um it's again taking up I haven't put too much I haven't put as much um time into it um this week as I did last time because I've been working and my sister's just moved up so we've been doing a lot of stuff but I have about I want to say 3 to 4 levels being made right now in the works like I've started like I've started all these levels, but I haven't finished it because I don't know how to finish them. But hopefully I do get them finished and then I can post them f- for people to play, you know. Um, probably tell me how bad they are, like my other ones. But um, yeah, so um, other than making these levels, which I've done a lot of my time in this game, um, I've also played more levels. Um, 
there was this one level I played though. I can't remember the name of it and it would be really hard for me to find because I played it like earlier in the week. But in this level, it was one of those speed run ones. And it's one of those levels like it's like it's one of those things where, you know, you know, you can do it. You know, there's a way to beat the level and you know how to do it and stuff. But for some reason, I can't get past these certain points or it's like I'll get past a certain point and I'll progress in the level and I'll get closer and closer. But the more I play it, the worse I seem to get you know i start dying at places where i shouldn't be dying or like places where i beat before but now i can't get past it so i tried to play this one level and i couldn't do it i'm pretty sure i've spent i spent like a couple yeah a couple hours trying to beat it i couldn't and i had to put it down but then i jumped back into it and made more levels obviously um (laughs) but other than mario maker 2 the other game that i've been playing was the game that uh, Nathan requested me to play last week, or in his recording. And that's Katana Zero. Now, I saw Nathan um, play this game a while ago when he bought it on the Switch. Was it on the Switch or the PS4? Uh, I think he bought it on the PS4. I think. Um, But anyway, wherever he was playing it on, I, I would glance over and see what was going on. Obviously, I didn't know anything. This is the story's super convoluted. Didn't know what was happening. I saw like it's very hot on Miami. Like you die, you restart, and you have to try to um, connect all these kills and stuff without dying. And I was thinking to myself, man, this is this is not my kind of game. This is gonna be real hard. But I bought it and. Uh, without going into too much details, because I know we are going to talk about the games that we each requested for each other when we um, record together, I think next week. Um, it's fun. I do I do really enjoy it. The story is, story is very intriguing. Like, I have no idea what anything is. Um, that could be because I'm not super far into the game. Um, well, I've, I've done a, a good amount of levels, actually. But... Maybe not as far as I would, not as far as I would like, but as far as to a point where it starts explaining and starts um, the story starts making sense. But uh, I yeah, I've been playing that. Um, like I said, it, the stories stories intriguing. The gameplay is really really fun. It definitely reminds me of Hotline Miami. Um, it's cool to see how the different ways you can go throughout the level and like. Um, beating the bad guys without dying and all that stuff but uh, the one thing about it though again without going into too much detail the one thing about it is and it's obviously my mistake because i'm very careless when i play video games when uh, you beat the stage or quotations beat the stage or beat the end you have excuse me you have to go back through the stage to the entrance where you came from and then you'll you'll beat the level uh, there'll be numerous times where I'll forget like about lasers when I'm going back through or like there'll be like a random dude or or something that will kill me. And if you die at that point, you have to restart that section of the stage again. And that happened a couple times and it was so frustrating. And I know it's not the game's fault. I should be paying attention. But it's 
it's real, real frustrating because it's happened a couple times. And I'm like, oh my God, I went through this so many times just to beat this, just to die again, just to restart it. Very, very frustrating in that regard. But other than that, and other than my crappy video game skills, it's been fun. It's been really good. Um, I will definitely talk into more detail about it when me and Nathan get back, and he'll talk about Sonic um, Mania, which I'm sure he has something to say about that. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's about it for the games I played. I've only only played Mario Maker 2 more, and then Katano Zero, because I've been kind of busy. Hopefully this coming week will be would be better, be able to put more games in, more time into these games, hopefully the PS4, because I've been really, really craving to play Judgment again, like real bad, but we'll see, but anyway, um, I think we should just jump right into the news, and the news that we provide you guys is brought to you by the Propinion Port. That's a new one. You're welcome for that. <laughs> but um, this week, I have four stories, like I said earlier. Um, there wasn't like a whole, there wasn't like new, like like massive news announcements, but there were small things here and there that I thought was very interesting to talk about and bring into light, if you guys didn't already know this. Um, but the first one I want to talk about is Nintendo and their Switch. Um, there has been talks, not talks, but articles coming out about how the, the Joy-Con controllers have been uh, um, causing players to drift in the games. Like their character will move or their cart will move or whatever they're playing will move on its own. And that's not supposed to happen. I personally have not experienced it yet thankfully, but there's been a lot of people that have, and they've been, I guess, not remarking, but commenting to Nintendo saying, fix your controllers, why is this happening, this shouldn't be happening and stuff, but there's this article that just came out from uh, gamesindustry.biz by Matthew Handrahan, that's a cool name, um, called Nintendo is reportedly offering free repairs for Joy-Con controllers. An internal memo advises support staff that no proof of purchase or confirmation or of warranty is required, which is nice. So I'll jump into the article and explain to, to you guys what's going on. But Nintendo is reporting, report, reportedly offering free repairs to Joy-Con controllers following widespread complaints of drift in the Switch controllers. According to an internal memo obtained by Vice Waypoint, customers will now be asked for proof well, not. Okay, let me rephrase that. According to an internal memo obtained by Vice Waypoint, customers will not be asked for proof of purchase or warranty status when asked for Joy-Con repairs, and those repairs will be made at no charge. Nintendo has had also advised customer support staff to refund any confirmed prior repairs. The document does outline a troubleshooting process that customer support must go through before offering free repairs, and it also f- also features stock answers to two questions that Nintendo ex- 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 Nintendo expects to be asked. As Waypoint stated, 
Quote, whether it will be an issue with the upcoming Switch Lite hardware revision, we expect our hardware to perform as designed, and what to make of the class action lawsuit. That's right. People have filed a lawsuit against Nintendo for their controllers. We have nothing to announce on this topic. And we'll go into detail about this lawsuit here. Nintendo is facing a class action lawsuit over the defect with Switch controllers, which is widely referred to as Drift. However, despite the content of the memo, the company does not directly refer to any fault with the hardware. When asked for comment, Nintendo offered only a statement that it issued in the wake of the class action lawsuit. Quote, At Nintendo, we take great pride in creating quality products, and we are continuously making improvements to them. We are aware of recent reports that some Joy-Con controllers are not responding correctly. We want our consumers to have fun with the Nintendo Switch, and if anything falls short of this goal, we always encourage them to visit, and they give the website, nintendosupport.com, so we can help. Um, End of article. Um, Yeah, so... I'll go into details about the action lawsuit here because they have a link. And this one is by James Bachelor. Bachelor, yeah, that's cool. And I'll read a little bit about this. Um, it's the original story. A class action lawsuit is being prepared against Nintendo of America as complaints spread as a defect with Switch Joy-Con controllers. And this was posted the 22nd. Um, widely referred to as drifting, the issue centers around a problem with analog stick where it will register movement even if the player is not controlling it. In first-person games, for example, this results in viewpoint drifting to the side, like I explained. And it just goes into details about um, what the lawsuit does and who's doing it and all that stuff and intense response. But going back to the original article um, that I was talking about, um saying that Nintendo is offering free um, repairs and stuff with even with, even if you don't have proof of purchase or warranty or stuff, I think is good. Um, like I said before, though, I never have experienced the drift yet on my Joy-Cons, thankfully. Um, I do play the Switch a lot, or more recently a lot. Um, so maybe at one point they will start drifting, because it seems like a lot of people have been um, experiencing this. But it is very cool that Nintendo is doing this, even though they probably should have done this at the beginning. Um, the backlash probably um, not push their buttons, but uh, push them into a corner, and they really had no choice. Um, also, it's you don't get the free repairs immediately. Like I said, um, there is like um, troubleshooting processes that customer service has to go through before offering the repairs. But like I said before, it's cool that Nintendo is actually doing this. Um, maybe better late than sorry, I guess. Um, I'll also keep you guys updated if my controllers start acting up like this or like they have been for other people. Um, that would be that would be very weird once I talk about this article. My controllers die or start doing the drift. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, yeah. If you if your guys' Switch controllers are or Joy Cons are acting up. You can do this, and hopefully yours will get repaired for free also. I just thought this was a really cool, not really cool, but an interesting article to talk about, especially coming with uh, Nintendo and all their new Switch models that are coming out and stuff. But yeah. But on to my next one, my next story. And this isn't really a story, 
Well, it kind of is, but it's more of my of me just wanting to talk about it. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, well, not a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week or two ago, maybe two, um, Netflix released the first full trailer of The Witcher show they're making. Now, if you didn't already know, I'm a huge Witcher fan. Um, I haven't beat Witcher 3 yet, but it's one of my favorite games ever. Um, I enjoy this series so much, or this world so much, I've bought in all the books, or most of the books, or, okay, I keep saying all or most. I've bought in some of the books, I think about five of them, from the first one to the fifth one so far, and I read all of the first one, which is compiled of all the short stories he started off the author with, the author started off with, and combined them into like one book, but it was fantastic. It was so, so good. So I'm really excited for this show. Cautiously optimistic, though. Um, I'll go into this article and stuff from GameSpot by uh, Dan Audie that explains the trailer. And then I'll talk about it after. But finally, fans of the Witcher novels and video game series got to see Geralt of Rivia in action thanks to the show's first trailer. The footage was shown during Netflix Witcher panel at San Diego Comic-Con. That's where it was shown last week. And it has everything you could want from a Witcher show. The trailer sets up both Geralt as the Witcher and the world in which he exists. Quote, I remember hearing stories about Witchers, a narrator says, before adding, quote, is it true, th- is it true what they say? Another character then offers a handy breakdown of society. Elves are described as the original sorcerers, and they taught humans how to turn chaos into magic. The humans, in turn, slaughtered them. Chaos is the most dangerous thing in the world, but without control, chaos will kill you, says another character. We get to see shots of Henry Cavill as Geralt, riding around on his horse Roach, the worst horse in video games. (laughs) It's the truth. He's also shown receiving payment, which gives us a good look at Geralt's iconic armor. For a closer look at the trailer, they give you a... the link to it. But uh, as it goes on, it's pointed out that Geralt, Geralt's life seems fixated on monsters and money, which makes sense given that a witcher's job is to hunt monsters and get paid for it. Geralt says as much as much replaying or replying, it's all it needs to be, but it's clear he's about to get wrapped up in something bigger. There are references to a special child who is no doubt Siri. Uh, who must seek out Geralt. There's a huge battle against Nilfgaard, and Yennefer is shown imagining herself as the most powerful woman in the world. The worst monsters are the ones we create, reads the tagline. Alongside Cavill as Geralt, the show also stars Anya Kolotra as Yennefer, Frey Allen as Ciri, Mayanna Burring as as Tissa, Tissa. Tissaia? I think I'm saying that right. Joda May as Queen Calithine. Borgen Holner Haraldson as East. And Amy Levi as Mousak. I am so sorry if I butchered any of those names, which I probably did. In a recent interview, I'll continue on. Showrunner, showrunner Lauren Search, his rich spoke about the tone of the show and revealed that it would, wouldn't be for kids. Quote, it's a very adult show. I will add, it's important to me that any violence or sex drives the story and it's not this not there just for shock value. 
I think audience are real savvy and know when we're doing stuff just to shock them versus to do stuff that, that really drives the story. The Witcher isn't the only big news series. Okay, then tell us what other car, uh, shows that were announced at uh, Comic Con. But okay, going into this. Like I said, I really like this, the whole Witcher world and series and games and whatever. So seeing the trailer, seeing who was cast at it, um, Henry Cavill is a, is a I would say diehard Witcher fan, but he really enjoys the series. He's read all the books. He's played the games, as he said in interviews and stuff. I have no problem with the cast, no problem with anything I've seen so far. But there is a massive, okay, not massive, but a good amount of backlash for the show already. Um, one of the biggest things I'm seeing is one, um, um, the, the, the costume designs of the characters. Um, people are saying Yennefer doesn't look how Yennefer should look like. Siri is too young. Witcher, um, Henry, uh, Henry Cavill's hair as Geralt doesn't look like real white hair. He doesn't have a beard. He's only carrying one sword. Where's his, where's his silver sword and all that? Small little things that are all based on the Witcher 3 or Witcher 2 games or even Witcher 1. Now, the main thing, the main thing is they're not that I, I want people to understand. They're like, even though they're not probably not listening to me. The show is not referencing the video games at all. There will be things from the video games probably in the show but they're not referencing the video games directly at all. The The main thing they're referencing, or probably the only thing they're referencing, is the books. Now, the books are different from the games in different aspects. Um, in the books, um, Geralt holds onto his steel sword and puts his silver sword on Roche, like in a sack on, or on, like somewhere on the side of Roche, his horse. The reason for that is because there's not as many monsters in the books as there are in the video games. The video games hype up the the monster count, obviously, because you need things to attack and kill to level up. Um, another thing, people were complaining about the beard. Geralt didn't have a beard early on in the books. Um, at least the first couple ones. The video game he did, three he did, but that's, that's an option. You can totally shave yourself. But also in the books, he doesn't like facial hair at all. It's one of the things that he just doesn't like, so he shaves constantly. So I I don't understand that backlash either. And another weird backlash that I've seen is that people are saying Geralt is too buff or Henry Cavill is too buff for this role. Now, if you're basing it off the video game, which... Again, the TV show is not referencing. Then maybe, like in the video games, he's still pretty buff and cut and stuff, but he's not like extremely like un, like godly buff like Henry Cavill is. But in the books, they describe him as being a very fit, very muscular man—not very muscular, but muscular guy—because he needs an athletic build to attack these monsters and go out and do what he does and hunts things. So that's another critique that I'm still trying to understand why people are making and early on there was a critique of them casting characters that didn't look like the characters in the show um i think casting uh the girl as yennefer i think because she's i think she's either indian or uh, 
Middle Eastern or some, of some kind. And people are like, oh, Yennefer's not that. She, why are you giving her dark skin or something like that? And uh, Those comments don't make any sense to me. I don't understand. But personally, from what I've seen, it looks like it's going to be good. Again, I could be wrong. I could be very wrong. But that's why I'm being cautiously optimistic right now. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping this is good. I think it comes out sometime later this year, I believe. Did it say? Uh, no, it didn't say. It's either coming out later this year or early next year sometime. But I'm excited for this, it, which is weird. I'm excited for this, but not the Sonic movie. You already know how I feel about the Sonic movie, because it doesn't look very good. The character of Sonic doesn't look very good. And they haven't released the new design yet, which is making me not feel very good either. <laughs> anyway, that's a different story. But yeah, if you played any of the Witcher games, read any of the books, I definitely say look out for this TV show, because it could be could be a very, very good one. And again, it's not going to be like the video game. It's going to be more like the book. So just get your mindset like that, ready for that. But yeah, that's that's my little spiel on The Witcher and the TV show that's coming out soon for it. Um, but jumping into the next one, um, this was a little unfortunate, or actually not unfortunate, but good. Um, because people have been asking for this. Um, this article comes from Polygon by Ones Good. Um, actor removed from Fire Emblem, three houses following Tumblr apology. Um, Bayliths, I think his name is, male voice actor, apparently violated an NDA. Now I'll go into this. An actor in Fire Emblem Three Houses will be replaced in an update coming to the game later, following a controversy in which the actor apparently violated a non-disclosure agreement by discussing his role prior to the game's July 26 launch. Christopher Noisy, N-I-O-S-I, probably said that wrong, the Jetsend actor also wrote a lengthy Tumblr confessional a week ago in which he apologized to numerous friends, professional colleagues, and romantic partners for abusive behavior, outraging many online. Following the Tumblr post, Noisy um, was discovered in the credits for a mobile game, Fire Emblem Heroes. One of the incidents for which he apologized involved bragging about his role as the player's character as the player character's male avatar in Three Houses, and apparently a violation of the NDA covering that work. Um, Nintendo World reported that Niosi was removed from uh, Heroes credits earlier this week, and his role was given to another actor, Zach Algler. Aguilar. Um, that held up the release of the Bailiff character in Heroes. Then on Friday, NWR confirmed that Nintendo of America, uh, with Nintendo of America, that Neosi will be replaced in an update planned, planned for three houses. Quote, after assessing the situation, we decided to re-record the character's voice um, overs in Fire Emblem Three Houses and Fire Emblem Heroes with another actor. NOA told NWR. Not a lot of abbreviations. Though Nyosi has a lead role in Three Houses, the dialogue is compar- comparatively small, limited to contextual grunting and threats in combat. In most of his other scenes, Bailiff is a passive and silent participant as NPCs speak. Nyosi's voice acting career dates to 2010 and includes his role in Dust and 
Elysian Tale. I've had I had that game. It was, it was pretty good, I guess. Smite, Octopath Traveler, and Maple Story Two. Wow, Maple Story Two. He'll he also has an animator. He was also an animator on Skullgirls and Hat in Time. Uh, Fire Emblem launched in 2007. Fire Emblem Heroes launched in 2017, and Fire Emblem Three Houses launched yesterday for the Switch, or now a couple of days. Um, but yeah, uh, I I saw a lot of people on Twitter asking for this to happen, for him to be removed, and it's it's interesting that um, Nintendo has actually done it, which is very not surprising, but very interesting because uh, a while ago uh, Sega did the same th- same thing for one of their Judgment characters because he was uh, caught with um, I don't know if he was caught with um, drugs, but I think he, him and his actor friends were associated or took money from a group of people, like at, like at a party or like some like convention or whatever, um, that dealt with dealing with drugs and bad things like that. So, um, he got kicked off and then judgment was put on the shelf for a little bit and they hired a new guy and then they re-released it. But that's, it's, it's crazy to see that this is the second time um, that I'm hearing, at least, that a voice actor has been replaced um, for a, uh, a violation of some kind, either what he did, uh, um, revealing his character and bragging and all that stuff, violating a contract, or dealing with drugs and like illegal stuff in the voice actor's case and judgment. But it's interesting um, to see that, and I hope it 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 change or doesn't change, but I hope this continues um, for voice actors that have done like wrongdoings should be like kicked off, and newer voice actors who are like either newer or like don't have a background in like sketchy stuff should be hired and to do these things, which is good. And with the the, the fact that the internet's a thing, or like a huge thing, um, there's always going to be uh, fans who like bring these these things to the publishers or developers attention and like pushing for these things to happen which is also a good thing too but yeah i thought that was an interesting thing to bring up since the judgment one happened also a couple months ago but yeah jumping into my last story um this one's a very weird one i saw it i was like you know this is this is kind of interesting i kind of want to talk about this now are you guys ready for this because this is this is this is really, really weird and interesting. Um, this article is from Polygon also um, by Patricia Hernandez, who we go to a lot. Thank you for your work, Patricia. Um, now this one, here's the article name. One of Steam's top-selling titles. Now this isn't like news or anything. This is just like a, a like a interesting thing that I found. I'm like, oh, I kind of want to talk about this. One of Steam's top-selling titles last month was an intense sex game. A character care creator with a single purpose. Now I'm going to jump into the article. Be warned now. Okay. Valve released its monthly report of top-selling games on Tuesday. And while the list is largely composed of familiar faces and recent releases, one nugget might ri- raise eyebrows. Uh, Koikatsu Party, an anime game where you can build a quote waifu to expect to exact specifications to exact specifications. Blah, blah, blah. Let me read that again. 
um, to the exact to exact specifications. The purpose of the game is to bed the people that you create. <laughs> oh man. In the last year, Valve has started approaching sex games on Steam with a more lax attitude, where before games with suggestive themes could sometimes be rejected from the storefront. Valve now allows nearly anything onto its store, even sex games. The caveat is that while anything can be sold, anything particularly adult has to be labeled as such. These games are also not viewable unless you're logged in and have the appropriate settings. This in turn has led some people to feel that Steam is starting to become overrun with sex games. They're just mostly out of sight. Wow, that's, that's real weird. <laughs> but just because that you can't see them doesn't mean that they aren't there. Actually, these games are these games seem to be doing pretty well. If Koikatsu Party is any indication, while ex- is any indication, while exact numbers weren't provided in the blog post. Koikatsu Party is among the top-selling games of June 2019 in the platform, according to Valve. Why are people flocking to the game? Well, Koikatsu Party brands itself as the, quote, ultimate anime character maker. Oh, man. It's getting weirder. Players are given over 300 options to adjust for to adjust for the women or men they create, as well as a number of shaders to further customize their experience. You can even adjust anything from pub pubic hair oof, to beauty marks from the store description. Now here's the description of the store they give. They give shape, size, position, contours, dimensions. Customize them all. Want pointy elf ears? Easy. Want to change the color of just one eye? Piece of cake. You have the ability to make a character for any type of setting you can imagine. Choose from a wide variety of different hairstyles and even better. You can select different hair sections and adjust them individually for ultimate custom ultimate customability. Customizability customizability. Um, sculpt every curve with settings both general and specific. <laughs> Breast, hips, arms, bust, legs, seriously. We've got options to adjust pretty much anything you can dream of. But wait, there's more. Why not give your character purple skin? Or add in cool shadows, or even change the color of her outline. We support all the coloring schemes and light options. I mean, this is an anime we're talking about. The sky's the limit. I didn't make any of that up. That is word for word the description in the game. Um, but back at back to the main article. One of the one fans, once fans have made a character, they have up to thirty different personality choices to assign. All the fuss is made for one purpose: to have sex with whatever you create. Man, there's not much else to the game beyond character creation and sex. Characters have their own sexual preference and sensitivity options. They'll react differently to whatever you do to them. The game will then let you touch, pull, lick, finger, and pump you to your heart's content. My goodness. Curiously, the game leans heavily on stereotype of the otaku nerd who prefers 2D girls over actual women. The Promotional texts boast that the game will, quote, leave you wondering why you've ever bothered with real people. Seriously, who needs reality when you have anime? End quote. <laughs> That's totally true, I guess. <laughs> While ero- erotic encounters do not have English subtitles, this limitation does not seem to be stopping Western players. If you look at the reviews of Koikatsu Party, it is in full English-speaking fans who have apparently fallen in love with the game. 
quote, my friends do not talk to me anymore. End quote. One Steamer user jokes, a lifetime of playing horrendous unpolished H flash games on Newgrounds. Wow, Newgrounds. Haven't heard that in a long time. Uh, years of playing overpriced H shovelware on Steam. Hours wasted trying to install Honey Select. It all lead, it's all led to this. Another says, quote, porn games are finally good. He continued, many folks leaving top reviews for Koikatsu Party have spent several hours with the game. Notably, all of this isn't available out the gate. Players must download a patch to uncensor the action. Though at this point, that's become tradition with any risque game on the platform. Steam might sell sex games, but sometimes you still have to go the extra step to actually get into the action. Um, and I think they explained the other top-selling game. Other top-selling games in June include My Friend is Pedro, or My Friend Pedro, and Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Wow. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's actually not surprising. Not surprising. Um, <laughs> I brought this up because I wanted to, I wanted to say that people have their preference. And if this is what, um, a good amount, I won't say a good amount, but a vast majority of people on Steam want to play, then more power to them. It's not hurting anybody, as long as they're keeping it to themselves and doing whatever they're doing with it, then fine. Be my guest. This is all you. I just find it hilarious that this game is one of the top-selling games on, for June at least, on the same levels as uh, my friend Pedro and Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. <laughs> I don't know why I find this so funny, but if you if you're anyone out there is interested in this kind of game it's on steam and seeing the pictures and stuff it looks like it's good graphics and as i've read there's so many things you can do for your character 300 options to adjust the women or men they create which is massive customizable tools and things you can do so amen if this is up your alley and this is something you want to try go for it. Be my guest. <laughs> what a way to end the bro, uh, bro opinion report. But, you know, if I wanted to play games that weren't as risque as this, and not on Steam, and most likely um, censored if they were, where would I go? That, my friends, would be the PlayStation blog, where the entire list of upcoming games on the PlayStation Network, as listed by Justin Massengill, brought to you by the Bros and Consoles co-hosts each and every weekend. Boom. There. I said it. Perfection. You're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, jump, jumping right into the, the drop for this week. Um, there's a good amount of games. Some good ones, some bad ones, but I'll just jump right into it. Um, the first one is called Bear With Me, The Lost Robots. Um, coming to PS4, digital, out on the 31st. Um, the Nor, Nor, the Nor episodic point-and-click adventure series, Bear With Me, is back. Introducing Bear With Me, The Lost Robots, an all-new prequel chapter featuring Amber's brother Flint and the callous detective Teddy Bear. Oh my god. 
Ted E. Bear. It's Ted, the letter E, Bear. Oh, my. The puns. The puns in this is so bad. Bear with me. Oh, God. This is real bad. Um, And I didn't even know this was a game. There's a prequel. This is the prequel. So there's an original one. And it's a point-and-click adventure, so that's not up my alley. But, but yeah, there's there's that for you, you uh, pun fans. Uh, um, the next one, the Blackout Club, coming to PS4 Digital. Um, the Blackout Club is a first-person co-op horror game centered around a group of teenage friends investigating a monstrous secret beneath the skin of their small town. Beneath the skin? They're small town. Why would you say skin? Why did you say like beneath the ground or something? That's weird. Anyway, every night, everyone in town gets out of bed and sleepwalks. In the morning, they wake up with no recollection of what happened or where they were. And that's it. That's a, that was a weird description of this game. But it, it looks cool. A horror-esque. Doesn't tell you what the game... Oh, it's first-person co-op. So I guess... Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm kind of curious. I'll let you guys know if I ever check it out. I'm not a huge fan of horror games, but we'll see. Uh, moving on. The next one, The Church in the Darkness. PS4 Digital, out the 2nd of August. Um, the year is 1977. Your nephew has joined a religious cult, of course, and moved them out to the south... Uh, move them move them to South America jungle, the South American jungle, to... to to found freedom... Okay, I'm going to re read that. Your nephew has joined a religious cult and moved with them to the South American jungle to found Freedom Town. That's a weird sentence. To found... Anyway, it's up to you to sneak into the, co the commune, find out what's really going on, and decide if you need to get your nephew out. Is this a socialist utopia or an oppressive prison? It's weird. There's always now. I'm not very. I'm not religious at all. But there's a lot of games that have to do with like religion and horror and like cults. What was the last one? Oh, uh, um, Outlast, the newest Outlast. Outlast. I can't remember what it was called. It was Outlast something, but it had to do with like a cult and like a religious cult in like the South and stuff. So. That's that's weird, but hey, man, it's good stories, I guess. Um, moving on to the next one, uh, Forager uh, for the PS4 Digital. Um, Forager is a 2D open-world game inspired by your favorite exploration, farming, and crafting games. Start small and improve your base skills, uh, improve your base skills, equipment, network of friends, and enemies, and build your future as you see fit. This looks interesting. Um, spoiler alert, it's also in the Nintendo Switch mix, but we'll get to that later. Um, looks really interesting. I'll talk about it more later. Um, next one is called Labyrinth Life. Um, coming out PS4 digital, out the first. Uh, this looks very anime. Definitely checking this out. <laughs> um, Roguelike X Relaxation. Roguelike and relaxation, that's weird. Take it easy in the latest edition of the series. It's a series. Oh, goodness. Omega Labyrinth. Venture through a dungeon with different rooms and items every time you change it. Or you challenge you challenge it. Raise flowers, build the academy, and more. Enjoy a laid-back life. Now, I like the laid-back aspect and the relaxation. 
in the anime. So maybe this will definitely be up my alley. Maybe. Is it first-person dungeon crawler? That's my only thing. It doesn't say it is, so I think we're good. Anyway, moving on to the next one. Madden NFL 20. Um, PS4 digital coming out the second. Be the face of the NFL franchise where the decisions you make matter in your journey to become an NFL superstar. Create your own college quarterback to play through the College Football National Championship playoffs and the NFL Combine for your shot at the NFL Draft. Now, I love sports, and football is one of those sports. I haven't played in Madden game until and since, I think it was 18. 18, the one with Tom Brady on it. And you could do this good story mode. But I haven't played like a Madden game, like multiplayer, or against anyone else in the longest time. Like, I appreciate they're still making these games, and there's definitely a big audience for it. But... There's these they're just getting way too tedious in my opinion. Like I they're releasing out every year and they're almost like the same game. There's some uh, improvements and stuff, but the last couple of times it hasn't been much and it's a shame. But anyway, <laughs> moving <laughs> moving on to the next one. Uh, new Star Manager, PS4 Digital. This is this is soccer management like you've never experienced it. Oh man. Be more than just a player. Be the head, the heart, and the backbone of New Star FC. Be the manager. Take control of a beleaguered soccer team or soccer club, which needs your management skills and instincts to unlock the team's potential and make it to the top of the game. Because that's what I've always wanted, to be a manager in soccer. <laughs> that's very interesting. There's always some weird sports obscure game that comes out every week or every time on the drop so this is not surprising um moving to the next one solo islands of the heart ps4 digital love is a universal feeling but each of us experience it experiences it in a different way solo islands of the heart explores the theme of love in an introspective way allowing players to identify and reflect on their own experiences again spoiler might be another game of the Nintendo Switch picks. We'll see. But it looks cool. Very interesting and cute from the artwork. Um, next one. Super Willow D-Make. D-Make, that's weird. PS4, PS Vita, Digital Crossby. Oh, that's cool. Um, description. Willow and Agatha need to rescue their dog from the clutches of Dr. E.T. E. Valoid. Wow, Okay. Roll, fly, jump, and shoot your way across a variety of different platforming levels using unique power-ups to reach the end of the level. Can you defeat all five bosses and rescue your buddy? <gasps> I don't know, because I probably won't play this game. <laughs> but who knows? I feel like Nathan might, actually. It could be a ride like a game, too. But who knows? I'll ask him about that later. Um, next game, Tower of Beatrice. PS4 Vita digital out the 31st. Um, oh, this is actually the last one. Okay, so yeah, last one. Last, least, last but not least. The life of the thief of a thief isn't easy. Always hiding in the shadows. Clients, <coughs> clients cheat. Wait, shadows. Oh, okay, let me. Re I'm gonna reread that. The life of a thief isn't easy. Always hiding in the shadows. Clients cheat. Traps bite, 
Working on a contract for a mysterious client, you'll need to infiltrate the tower of the powerful sorcerer Beatrice, steal her book of recipes, and get out alive. Doesn't really say what this game is. It looks like it could be a point-and-click adventure from the description, or another description and the cover art, which is like a book with a face, and a, it's kind of like smiling, but who knows? Um, anyway, that's that's it for the PSN drop this week. Um, but you know, if I wanted to play these games or even newer games on a, the Nintendo Switch, Nintendo Switch, or the DS, or anything you know, Nintendo related, where would I go? That would be the Nintendo Weekly Switch picks. Good segue, Michael. Good segue. <laughs> anyway, um, the first the game I have for this week. Uh, is coming out on the 1st of August, called Hamsterdam. Hamster Kung Fu Beat-Em-Up. Play as the hamster hero Prim, or Pim, and harness the mightiest martial arts power. Kick tail through district after district on a heart-pounding journey to take down the vermin gang. Save Grandpa and restore peace to Hamsterdam. Oh my god, Hamsterdam. (laughs) The once powerful town of Hamsterdam is in danger. The vile chinchilla, Marlowe, and his vermin gang are wrecking havoc. Swing, flick, and strike your way through the streets of Amsterdam. Experience the frantic action, flawlessly execute rhythm combos, and become one with the fable hamster foo. Um, it doesn't say... It's a, So it's an action fighting game. Um, it kind of looks like... Um, I don't know if you guys have ever played uh, the Sly Cooper games. It looks a lot like that. I don't think the gameplay would be very similar. But actually, kind of, no. No, it doesn't. Um, the look of the game looks like Sly Cooper. But the gameplay looks like an action. Like you're, you go through each stage and you're fighting different things and all that stuff. But it looks super over the top. Super ridiculous. Right up my alley. And it's only $9.99. So definitely check that out if you want to play as a Kung Fu hamster. <laughs> um, the next one, um, I talked about this earlier, is called Solo, Islands of the Heart, coming out on the 1st at a price point originally $19.99, but now discounted for $15.99 on sale, which is cool. Solo, Islands of the Heart is a game about love, about love as fuel, the force that drives us. Love is a universal feeling, but each of us experiences it experiences it in a different way. Solo, Islands of the Heart explores the theme of love in an introspective way, allowing players to identify and reflect on their own experiences. The world is divided in archipelagos, with each island representing a unique unique puzzle. Solving puzzles will award the player with a sleeping totem, awakening them to answer a question about love and relationships. As with love, most puzzles have no unique solution, using boxes with each with each with different properties and behaviors. Players can build their own paths to the sleeping totems on each item. Nature and contem- contemplation are also a huge part of Solo. Pull out your camera and capture the moment, play the guitar, feed the animals, or just sit on the bench and think. <clears throat> um, this, this is a game that reminds me a lot of Animal Crossing or Harvest Moon or any of those slice-of-life living games. <clears throat> very, very simple, not much going on, just enjoying your life and 
just wandering the world, even like a Minecraft kind of game too. I might actually, I might not actually, but I might get this game because I need something to hold me off until um, Animal Crossing, and this might be the game. And who doesn't want to learn about love, the force that drives us? <laughs> but yeah, again, it's uh, discounted now, fifteen ninety nine. So check that out if you want to save four extra dollars. Excuse me? Uh, nope, okay. I thought I had a sneeze, but I didn't. You're lucky. Uh, oh, I, my nose is running, though, so bear with me there. Um, the next game I have, um, I talked about this one, too. Omega Labyrinth Life. Now, this game's a little pricey at $59.99, coming out on the 1st. Take it easy. In the latest edition... Oh, wait. I read that description already on the PS4. Oh, the PSN drop. So I'll read the description more here. A bonafide roguelike RPG you can play again and again. Venture through a dungeon with different rooms and items and every time you challenge it. Power up your gear and make wise use of your skills to defeat your foes. There are even dungeons with 99 floors. Wow. Expand your bust. Your bust with every fallen foe. Mightier memories lead to greater power. Oh my god. Defeating foes builds up Omega power in the chest, increasing your bus size and perimeters. They go all the way up to Z cup. Oh my god, I didn't realize this was a part of the game. I am just putting the two and two together because of the picture, all the characters, not all the characters, some characters have a small bus, some have bigger bust. Wow, that is, that is a weird aspect of the game. Very creative, very interesting, but... I don't know how I feel about that. So the bigger the bus size, the stronger you are. Oh man. Okay. Well, if you uh, if you guys wanna check that out, it's again pricey, sixty nine nine or not sixty nine fifty nine ninety nine, coming on the first. You can either get that on the PS four or the Switch, and you can increase your bus size to get um, stronger powers. So uh, yeah, check that out. <laughs> And now my last game I have is much, much calmer than the last one. Um, called Phobia. F-O-B-I-A. Uh, coming out on the first. Um, originally $9.99, but now on sale for $6.99. A beautiful but challenging game about fears, phobias, and overcoming them. A little girl tries to escape from her fears, overcoming various obstacles in her path. Phobia is a hard puzzle platformer. Why do you guys say hard? That just turns me away. Adventure game, where you will have an adventure in a mysterious world full of dangers, situations, enemies, and challenging puzzles. Anything in the game can kill you. Everything is not what it seems. Um, features in the game, a beautiful world with a misstep means death. Lovely. Unique and peculiar hand-drawn 2D art style and 2D animation. That's cool. A big variety of puzzles designed with different levels of, levels of difficulty. Another cool thing. Atmospheric sound design, cool, and two different endings. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I picked this one because it looks very, very pleasing to my eyes. Um, kind of looks like Glimbo or uh, oh crap, what was the other one that came out? Uh, it was almost like a sequel to Limbo. I can't think of the name now, but I never played it. But it, it looked cool. Um, but I also picked this game because I, I have a Phobia, I guess, fear of flying, and I'm a hypochondriac, so this would be interesting to see how they 
they express and show fears and stuff in the game and overcoming them. So I might definitely check this one out. But yeah, that's that's the last game I have on the weekly Nintendo Switch picks. But do you know what's really important? Speed. Speed is really important. And you know who's the fastest and has the best speed? That would be Sonic the Hedgehog. And this is Sonic's super fast minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're welcome. For this week, I have a couple of, of small facts that I wanted to mention about Sonic. They're nothing real big, but they're, they're facts that I thought was something that you need to know if you want to become a massive fan of Sonic like me. So I'm just going to dive right into it. Um, the first one. Now, there was, um, there's a comic book, obviously, that I mentioned a, a couple couple recordings ago. That's the longest running like video game and non-changing comic book, um, uh, ever I think. Um, but there was a a series where Sonic turns supersonic, which is when he gets all the Chaos Emeralds, but one where he turns evil. I'm going to read a little bit about it. Um, the UK had its own run of comics titled Sonic the Comic, published by a company called Fleetway Editions. They took a slightly different approach with the Sonic being notoriously abrasive and just an overall more jerk. However, the most notable change in this canon is the version of Supersonic. Fleetway Supersonic is an evil, practically psychopathic entity with sharp teeth, claws, and bloodshot eyes. The transformation becomes a, a last resort in many storylines, considering the potential of considering the potential for bystanders to be hurt and Sonic's inability to control himself while in this form. Fleetway Supersonic becomes its own being, and a deep inner conflict arises between him and Sonic himself. So I read a little bit about this. Um, he, the evil Supersonic, goes almost out of his way to try to kill his friends like Knuckles and Amy and Tails and like he laughs when he thinks that he's killed them so it's a very very dark side of Sonic which I appreciate them changing it a little bit but I thought it was very interesting because mostly the comics stick to a overarching theme of Sonic overarching theme of Sonic being like the main superhero, not superhero, but main hero, and he's protecting everybody kind of thing. This is kind of like a twist that I thought was really interesting. Um, on to the next one, um, Sonic's tragic family history. Given Sonic's carefree disposition, it's very easy to forget in many canons, Sonic has a family history that's tragic enough to qualify him as a Disney princess. That's weird. In the Archie publications, we meet his mother and father, Bernadette and Jules Hedgehog, and Sonic's uncle, Charles or Chuck Hedgehog. When Eggman took over the world, Sonic's family were captured and robotized, oh, so they turned into robots, that's sad, and remained that way for the majority of Sonic's life. In one of the cartoons, Uncle Chuck is Sonic's caregiver until he is captured and robotized. I can't say that word. In another show, Sonic's mother is forced to give him up to protect him from Eggman. Now the last one, that's the one about where Sonic has a band. 
and he has like twin, not twin, but siblings where they also play instruments and they become like a super group and save the day. That TV show was on Netflix and it was garbage. <laughs> I, I turned it on the first episode and Nathan was watching it or not really watching, but it was on and we were like, man, this is real, real bad. <laughs> but if you want to watch it, it's on Netflix. So check it out. Um, and then the last one, um, it's, oh wait, I lost it. Give me one second. Okay, I found it. Um, now this one is preferenced with the Sonic CD game, which was either I think on the Saturn and on the computer. I played it on the computer. It was a great game. Now, in the game Sonic CD, we're introduced to a new character, a female hedgehog named Rosie the Rascal. She's a young child that was pulled into conflict between Sonic and Eggman when she was kidnapped by Metal Sonic. After being saved by Sonic, she fell madly in love with him and followed him around and tried to win his heart. Later, she resurfaced as Amy Rose, completely with a wardrobe change, but still obsessed with Sonic. While this change was not explained in the games, the Archie published comics did. Still introduced as a child, Rosie wanted to join the fight against Eggman, but was denied due to her age. So she made a wish on a magic ring to become older and became Amy Rose. There's your little tidbit there. Amy was originally a um, character named Rosie, and she made a wish with a magic ring to become older so she can obsess over Sonic. And her name became Amy Rose. That's, I didn't actually know that. That's really interesting. It explains why she's so obsessed with Sonic and why um, she kind of looks a little different in Sonic CD. That's really cool. See, even I learned. Sonic's number one fan even learns new things every time. But, but yeah, that was the last, last little um, interesting fact about Sonic for this week. But uh, yeah, overall, I think that's about it for this week's episode. Um, for next week, I think me and Nathan will be back together, I believe. Um, and we'll talk about the games that we talked, that we wanted each other to play. Him, Sonic Mania, and me, um, um, Katana Zero. We'll go into details how we feel about it, what we liked, what we disliked, and all that stuff. And we'll get into that in the, late, in the next episode. But um, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, you can email us at uh, brosandconsoles at gmail.com. Again, that's brosandconsoles at gmail.com. You can follow Nathan on Twitter at IndieRonin or Nathan Choquette. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at theworldofmike. Again, that's the.world.the.mike. I didn't say that first time, but there you go. Um, and yeah, if you have any concerns, questions, or anything, anything video game related, or you just want to ask us a question about our lives, that'd be weird, maybe. <laughs> you can just send us an email or find us at any of those two social media platforms. But yeah, that's about it for this week, episode 34. And I hope you guys have a good uh, week coming up. And I will see you back with Nathan next week, hopefully, for episode 35. Peace. Bye.